I love this song, um, Here I Am To Worship. You're all together lovely, you're all together worthy, all together wonderful. When we sing that song, I always think of it, it's in, um, it's in Judges 13, when the angel of the Lord, Jesus, appeared to, to Samson's parents, and they said, what's your name? He said, why would you ask him my name? It's wonderful. That's what we can say about Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6. Wonderful. Counselor. We're all together lovely. We're all together worthy. We're all together wonderful to me. Amen. Praise God. Um, I was looking to pray, you know, uh, this morning. Up until about 5 o'clock. I was very tempted to blow the meeting out. I've never done that. I don't get migraines or nothing like that. I was on a job today. If the man who worked for made me go home. He's gone. He's got a migraine. I've been rough all day. I was even rough sitting in the motor in the car park, but thank God, in the meeting, it's gone. So, thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. We're in Acts 17. And we're in verse 10. Well, I hope we are, because that's what, that's what I've got. Let's start to pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for, for your word, Lord, that we can come into your grand word, Lord. And, Lord, I ask you, Lord, for brothers and sisters, Lord, you bless us, Lord, into your word, the truth they teach us, God. Lord, says your faith, it comes by hearing and hearing your word. And we want to know what your word means. Shout my name. Praise God. Acts chapter 17, verse 10. You sent it to me, you should know. We're going through um, the book of Acts also in our church, Dartford, I'm enjoying going through it. And a lot of our churches. There's other churches in their mission doing the same. We're in 13. We started probably six months after you. I've enjoyed going through it. You've enjoyed going through the book of Acts? There's, um, I've done the introduction in Edgecott a long time ago now, months back, but there's a few names that people give the book of Acts. Obviously, when you talk your Bible, it say Acts of the Apostles, but that's not really a good... Acts of the Holy Spirit would be the best way to call it. But what's another one? Another nickname given... To, I thought I was over. Another nickname given to the book of Acts. You probably haven't heard it. Don't, it's not one that really rolls off the tongue. Luke 2. Luke 2, yeah. Like, I'm sure I know one. We're into the same person, Theophilus, beloved of God. Anyone know? One, one, a lot of commentators and Bible scholars, they give it this title. It's the story of how the gospel gets from Jerusalem to Rome. It's the story of how the gospel gets from Jerusalem to Rome. Without the book of Acts, we just have Jesus ascended into heaven and then Paul writing to a congregation in Rome. Who's Paul? What's happening in between? And this fills in the gaps. Obviously the birth of the church and everything else in between. But 
And if you read it, no doubt you've done this, but in Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus himself, he lays out uh, the book of Acts to play out. You receive power um, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And the rest of the book of Acts, there it plays out. They start in Jerusalem, then they go out, and the gospel spreads. One part of um, God's plan... The gospel spreads. You know, it's good for um, the brothers talk about having outreach meetings, and, and I thank God for that. We want to put more outreach meetings on in Kent and, and try and win the loss. That's what it's about. We are a mission after all. And it's good to have something laid upon your heart, pray about where to go. But for, in the book of Acts, what's one of the methods, one of the main methods God used to spread the gospel? Persecution. Made them go. Made them be persecuted, so they shaved, so they fled, and then the gospel spread. It's in, um, it's in, in James 1 uses the word, um, 1 Peter uses the word, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, diaspora. Like it's basically God scattering. And it, 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 they'll be in one place, persecution to come, and they'll flee. But when they flee, what do they do? They spread the gospel, and the church spreads. So, we're in Acts 17, 10, Paul's, part of Paul's second ministry missionary journey ministry journey missionary journey and we see that he leaves Thessalonica and he goes 60 miles to a place called Berea but once again it wasn't because you know they had a prayer meeting and they thought where shall we go I wouldn't it be nice to go down there there'd be a few people there we see from Acts 17 1 to 10 that they, that they go there preaching the gospel in Thessalonica they lead people to the Lord but the religious leaders the, the, the Pharisees the Sadducees they, they get upset. They cause a stir. What's one of the main things they preach? Was Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And at the time in Thessalonica, there was the Pharisees and Sadducees, the two groups of religious leaders. The Sadducees were the predominant ones there. There's more of them than anyone else. They had the main say. And, the, and we know that the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. They didn't believe in a lot of things. But one of the things they didn't believe was that you'd be resurrected from the dead. And what was they teaching? Christ came. Christ died, Christ rose again. Obviously upset the apple cart, people got saved. But the religious leaders come against them. A man called Jason says, look, this man here, this man Jason has armed all these people. These people have turned the world upside down. Now they're coming to our town, our city. Look what they're doing now. So they go. Anyway. Bible verse. Bible study. Let's read the Bible. Verse, uh, verse 10. Then the brethren, brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. Where are they going to go? Find out where the people are. Little point here, we're in Acts 13. It's one of the changes in the book of Acts. It's 13, 1 to 12, and then 13 onwards. Even, even before that, when Paul gets saved, Paul gets converted, it will say Barnabas and Paul. Paul plays second fiddle. As we know, Acts 1 to 12, Peter's the head of the church, spearhead of the church, whatever you want to call it. Peter's the predominant one. But as we, as, as we go on, Paul gets saved. Paul starts to, Paul start, God starts to use Paul. But he goes as a tag along. It's Barnabas and Paul. But from Acts 13 onwards, it becomes Paul and Silas. Paul is the predominant one. Paul becomes number one, if you like. Spirit in the church. So, then, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. So all this trouble's been stirred up. He's got to go. 
get out, get out of town for your safety. When they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. And when we read this, we're going to um, pretty much going to set the scene for where we're going to spend the rest of the night, really. She only playing. <laughs> so these were more fair-minded, more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also uh, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks. Paul uses it. Uh, Luke, the Ritzes, uses this phrase a lot. It's translated "not a few." This means many. <laughs> Appeal believe and not a few of them. Luke uses that way of writing. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also, stirred up the crowds. So they've so they've got in their cases, they've turned against them in Thessalonica, they've gone sixty mile down the road to Berea. The Jews find out that they're doing what they're doing. Oh, we're gonna get them told there as well. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go by sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. And those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed they departed. We're going to to carry on the middle of this. I just want to read the rest of what we've got. So they go to Thessalonica. People get saved. (laughs) Persecution comes. They jail down the road, go to Berea, once again, preach the gospel, to go to the synagogue, to go where, where, where all the Jews are going to be, where everyone's going to be. People get saved, they find out about it, the people of Thessalonica find out what's going on, they come and persecute them again, and they leave again. And guess what they do? They leave and spread the gospel yet again. And we're left with a Bible, with two books in the Bible, called First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, written to these people. But they arrived there in Berea. And it says the people in Berea, they were more fair-minded or more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. They were more noble-minded in that they received the word with all readiness. They received the word with all readiness. You know, the Bible uses an Old Testament phrase in the Old Testament called stiff-necked. It's, a, it's, it's, it's another way of saying stubborn. Stiff-necked, stiff-necked people. Stubborn people. But you know, some people have already got their mind made up before you can speak to them. I don't want to know. I don't want to have it. I don't care what you've got to tell me. I believe in this. And that's all there is. We see people like that all the time, don't we? Speak to me, Dad. It'll be a baffle you. Go and speak to me, Dad. It'll be a baffle you. I'm sure we've all got family that way. It's not that God can't save them. God can save them. But these people, they stay at a, they, they receive the word of God. They had an open heart and an open mind to receive the word of God. You know, for ourselves in church, we need to when we come around God's word, we need an open heart and an open mind. And when we go witness into the lost. We need to pray that God opens up their hearts and opens up their mind so they can receive the word of God. Because I don't know, you can be the best Christian scholar, the best witnesser, the best Bible scholar there is. And you can sit, you, 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 you can know Genesis to Revelation, back to front, inside out, forwards and backwards, upside down. Unless God opens up their heart 
And as God opens up people's minds, it's just that I'm sad with people. When you, when you sat with people, you think, I'm not taking none of this in. <laughs> they just want me to go. But it wasn't so here that there's open minded. They had an open mind. We need to pray for them. We need to pray, we need to pray that, that God opens up people's hearts and their minds as well as their ears. That's for the unsaved to receive the gospel. That's why they went there preaching. They went there, number one, preaching the gospel. Also for us. How many times, I don't know, how many times you've been in church and your heart and your mind's been elsewhere? Shame on me. Perhaps it's none of you. And praise God it's not. But I've been in church. I've even been sitting like, couldn't get closer to the pulpit, closer to hearing the word if, if I tried. I'm sitting right in front. And my heart and my mind has been wherever. It's had no effect on me because my heart and my mind has been closed. We shouldn't be that way. We need to have a, we should have an open heart and an open mind when we come to church to receive from God's word. Amen? Amen? And also we pray that God opens up people's hearts and their minds when we witness to them. doesn't mean you shouldn't witness to people who are stubborn-minded. <laughs> Tell them. It's God who saves. Tell them. Um, we, we, we had, a, we had a, a woman's meeting, a woman's study the other day, and her sister asked, how many times should we tell someone about the law before we give up? Never. Never. Yeah, but then the Bible says, keep the dust off your boots. We went into that the other day, didn't we, Kate? We went into what, what the law was talking about. Never, never stop, to, never stop trying to reach people for the law. Never. You might, you might have to change approach sometimes. You might have to leave them sometimes. You know what? I've been there. I've been there four or five times. <laughs> if I ever go back again, it's not going to go too well. Perhaps change tactics. Perhaps divert your efforts into praying for them people. That God would open their hearts and their minds. And who knows? God might send someone else along. Someone's got to change tactic with people. We have. But never stop telling people about the Lord. Never. It's God who saves. This man here, Paul, he is putting Christians to death. He dedicated his life persecuting the church and having Christians put to death. Yeah, God saved him. God knocked him off his high hill. So I've his heart and his mind. And he wrote most of the New Testament. It's just Paul, Paul's life is a testament that there's no one God can't reach. Amen? No matter sometimes how, how, how hard they may seem or how impossible it may seem to reach them, it's God who saves. That should be encouraging, you know. You know, your family and your loved ones and the people who reach for their hard people, they're bad people. Yeah, God saves them, not us. But we pray God opens up their hearts and their minds. And when we do tell them, they receive it all, all readiness, all, with all joy to be saved. So there was more fair-minded than those who in Thessalonica, for they received the word of all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They searched the scriptures daily. When, uh, when Paul and his team went witnessing, they told him about the Lord. They received it all readiness, they received it all boldness, they opened the heart and opened mind. But you know where else they went? They went and searched it for themselves. You know, the, the Bible doesn't say there was untrustworthy people, couldn't trust your fervent as far as it can throw you. They was cunning and deceitful, wouldn't believe them, they'd go and find out. They called them more bold. Noble. God calls that a noble thing to do. You know, I don't believe, in fact, I know, especially for this church, 
And brothers would never knowingly, willingly say anything to lead you astray. They wouldn't. In fact, they'd preach against that. But I tell you one thing they do, teacher. Read this. You know what I got saved? Not picking on people, not condemning people. You know what I got saved? I had a lot of beliefs because I was told it by someone, and someone probably told them. And guess what? It wasn't true. I had a lot of beliefs and understanding and ideas because I heard so and so mention it, and I'm not and I'm not picking on so and so because I don't. I believe deep down, so and so never intended on leading me astray or saying wrong. So-and-so genuinely believed what they was told, and so on and so forth. They heard it from somebody else. They heard it from somebody else. But guess where it wasn't? It wasn't in here. It wasn't in here. You, you, you said this is a harmless one. I've heard people say, yeah, pray for so-and-so to have gone back in the world. And the Bible says when they go back in the world, they go seven times worse. It doesn't say they know. Jesus is talking about a demon-possessed person. Cast a demon out of them. The demon gets cast out, but they don't get saved. The, the spirit doesn't enter them. So they can bring back seven of their friends. There's legion in the Bible. He had thousands inside of him. But what I'm saying is, but we have people say, that's just harmless. There's no real, there's no real, because if someone goes back and says, well, we pray for them to come back anyway, don't we? So it's not really, no harm's going to be done. But silly things like that. Oh, the Bible says in the last days, won't know one season from another. <laughs> have you ever heard that said? Have people tell me that? I believe that. So someone say it to me. You know, one day it's going to be summer, next day it'll be snow. Well, it doesn't say that nowhere. Jesus just said, like, you know by the seasons what it'll be like. But red sky at night, shepherd's delight, and all that. Came. That's what he was saying. <laughs> he wasn't saying that, you know, one day it's going to be minus four, next day it's going to be like Dubai in the heat of, heat of season. He didn't say that. But yet, yeah, we, we hear things like this, we pick it up along the way, but it's not in here. You know what we should do? Search the scriptures to see that these things are so. God forbid any preacher in any mission or any church in the world. Listen, we know there's a lot of, we know there's a lot of wrong ones out there. I, I think one of the most satanic things we've got on TV is the God channels. I think it's one of the most satanic things we've got. I think some of the most satanic things you can see on Sky isn't the, the melody films, even though they are wrong. Don't watch them. Get away from them. I think some of the most satanic things we've got is these people call themselves pastors, Christians, and all they do is leading people astray. I think they're some of the most satanic things we can have. And people believe them. People listen to them. There's a man, Peter Popov, isn't it? He's a, he's, he was a car salesman, a con man. <laughs> he's a pastor. And you know, send me X amount of money and I'll send you this prayer scarf that I've been praying over and this prayer scarf will sort all your problems out because Mrs. Smith from so-and-so, so-and-so shares her testimony. I received the Pastor Popov's scarf and I've got a check in the post the next day for $50,000. But this is going on. Listen, thank God we won't fall for that. We won't fall for that rubbish. But people are. You know why? Because they're not searching the scriptures to see that it's so. They're not searching the scriptures to see that it's so. Whatever you're told, whatever you hear. I know the brothers here, won't say, oh, and me, we won't say, oh, you're called. They're going to go and check it out. That's noble, that's bold. That's godly. Test all things the Bible tells us. Not, we, don't, we don't test the word of God to see that it's true. We, don't, we know the word of God's true. We look and see what it says for ourselves. Anything I tell you tonight, or whenever I have the privilege to share God's word, whenever that may be, I'd encourage you, I'd ask you, I'd tell you, go and search the scriptures to see that it's so. Because otherwise it's going on men's words. All you have is man's idea. And sometimes man gets it wrong. Do you know that? 
Just in the silly, silly little instances I shared with you. Man gets it wrong. And then I'm not trying to say, oh, then people are out intentionally to lead you astray sometimes. But someone can, can, can read something wrong or hear something wrong and pass it on wrong. And there and then it's out there. No, read this. I love it, you know, when I get to, to teach God's word, I share God's word. And some come to me up and feel, you know what, as well. You know what I noticed about that? Blah, 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 blah. They teach me something as well. I love that. They come up to me being a, a big I am. They come up to me, that's noble, that's, that's godly. That's how we build each other up in the things of God. When, search to say that it's so. And he said these didn't just do it once, just once when they preached. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, that do. Yeah, they said it. Obviously, they used the Old Testament scriptures and they'd probably use the Psalm 22 on, on the cross. Whatever they would have used. They went back, well, you know, it's here. It's here. And he said, didn't say they've done it once. He said this. Only glasses. They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. <laughs> and he say, yeah, you know what? What Joseph said that time? It's in here. They searched it daily. They searched the scriptures daily. See these things. There's people who's in their word. These, people, these men are claiming to represent God. These men are claiming to represent the Lord. Their teaching is this. We're going to find out. We're going to receive all boldness. We're going to have an open heart. We're going to have an open mind. But you're also going to read it for ourselves. That's a noble thing to do. You know, I thank God, I've got those brothers I go to, some sisters I go to on, on biblical matters and, and talk, about, talk about the Bible. But brothers and sisters are not going to be here all the time. We need to know for ourselves. Keep, keep ringing up Charles, keep ringing up Johnny, keep ringing up Joseph or anyone. Keep ringing them up. What, 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 what about if their phone's off? What about they, when they go to heaven? Wherever it may be. Oh, well, I don't know now. No, search for yourselves. We need, to, we need to better read God's word for ourselves and understand what it means. As I shared this in the women's meeting the other day, um, Paul shared it to Timothy, a young pastor. And, and, and it was one of the pastoral epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. He said, study to show yourself approved as a workman unto the Lord, rightly knowing how to handle the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. That what this says, understand why it's there, what it means. You never get to the bottom of it. You never get to the bottom of God's word. It's God's word. It's living. It's breathing. It's active. But we should understand it for ourselves. We should understand God's word for ourselves. I'll tell you this: if you're going to go and look at a motor tomorrow, you check it out. If you're going to buy a motor tomorrow, you check it out. If you're going to look at a bit of ground or, or, or buy an animal, you check it out. You find out. How much more with the word of God? We do, we do it with everything else in life, every other aspect in life, and rightfully so. Yeah, if I go and find a motor in the paper, unless I know it's come off really, if, if, if you see a motor in the paper, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just go, yeah, I'm going to get that. Yeah, don't turn the key, mate. Don't worry, worry. Unless you knew it's come off, you, 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 you check it out. You don't want to see if it starts. I want to see if it drives. A bit of ground. You don't want to see if it actually belongs to the person who's selling it to me. You check it out. And that's wise. You'd be foolish not to how much more with the word of God? Understand this. We're not all called to be major theologians. And some people know more than others. God has given giftings. We're called to know this. The word of God is for living. Jesus said himself, that he man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that, that, that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is for living. What's the psalm dedicated to the word of God? It's Psalm 119. Your words lamp to my feet. I always share this. I was in Moldova once. 
And a brother, Yeovil, was preaching a message. And it sounds so simple, but it stuck with me every day. So the word of God's not a compass. It's just like a compass. He said, so when you don't know where you're at, you don't know where you're going, you don't know where you should be going, he said, look to the word of God and it'll point you back where you should be going. It'll point, it'll point you north again, if you like. You find out where you are and where you need to be going. The word of God is like a compass. It's a light, it's, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Without a lamp, without a light, you're in the dark. If we didn't have these lights on, we wouldn't be looking at one another, we wouldn't know what's going on. The word of God is a lamp and a light. We need this. Psalm 119 again, it says, How will a young man, you say a woman, keep their way pure by living in accordance to your word? If I just get ring Joseph up, Joseph, what's the word God say about this? What's the word God say about that? He'll tell me. But if that's all I know about the word of God, is what he tells me. And I ain't, and I ain't picking up myself. There's a problem, isn't it? The word of God is a lamp. The word of God is a light. We need to check these things out to see that it's so. Oh yeah. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few, so many of the Greeks. And prominent women as well as men. It makes sense. You know, I'd have no other... Obviously it's God who saves. But I'd have no other conclusion that, that a man or a woman could read God's word with an open heart and an open mind, search the scripture, see that it's so, and get saved. It's most, to me, it's the most simple thing to conclusion to come up with that if, if a man or a woman with an open heart and an open mind would read this then they'd no other choice but to give their life to Jesus Christ you know the, the, the cults the false religions they try and keep people off reading the word of God um, I, I should have had a, a take too long to think I should have saved it to my phone it's just, this is back in, in the 50s now the Jehovah Witnesses use this because Jehovah Witnesses they say yeah we, got, we, we believe in the Bible Speak to a Jehovah's Witnesses, you believe it's God's word. Oh, what? what? So you believe it's God's word? Yeah. They don't say they've got an altered Bible written by a man called Nathan Nora, altered basically every major Christian doctrine in it. But they say, we believe in this, we believe it's the word of God. But also, they'll say, this is the word of God, but it has to be interpreted through the watchtower. Ah. <laughs> so they say, this is the word of God, it's for you, you should live by it, but. It needs to be interpreted through the Watchtower. So when you get a Watchtower magazine, what well, well, joke this is Andrew out, they didn't really, didn't really see them during COVID, thank God. But well, the things they hand out, every 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 joke witness church, Kingdom Hall, whether it be in Europe or, or in the world, they'll be all preaching the same thing. All be teaching the same thing. And it's all Watchtower do- doctrine interpreted through the Watchtower. And you know what? I'll, I'll try and get the um, during the meeting. I'll try and get the um, I'll get the quote, and I'll give it to one of the boys. I'll put in your WhatsApp group for you. But this is what the Watchtower said: They've found that if a Jehovah Witness goes to reading the Bible alone and forsakes the Watchtower, it says they'll fall into darkness within two years. When they say fall into darkness, you know what that means? They start believing the doctrines of the Bible that Jesus Christ is God. There is a Trinity. 
the existence of hell. Salvation by grace through faith. <laughs> Let's say, see, if you if you if you forsake the if you forsake the watchtower and just read this alone, you'll get saved. They're quite falling into darkness because you'll be forsaking the watchtower. Do you understand the importance of reading God's word? Do you understand the importance of, of knowing God's word and reading God's word for yourself? They, they, they forbid it. They say, well, if, you, if, if, they, if they lay that, lay that aside and read this alone, they're going to leave us. They're gone. It's a light and a lamp. It's a light and a lamp to the Lord. It's a light and a lamp for the Christian. Many cults, false religions, they base their teachings on what the Bible doesn't say. They base their teachings on what the Bible doesn't say. Or they take one verse, twist it for what it's worth, and then, then, then on you go. We're Christians. We're children of God. We base our faith on what the Word does say. And that means we must be in it. We must be reading it. We must be in God's Word daily. Yeah, I've got a, a brother, a, a very, to be honest, I've done it for a while and I've got to get back to it. He read the Bible whenever he ate. He, had, he read the Bible whenever he ate. He said, I'll feed me gut, he said, I'll feed me son. Whenever he ate, he read the Bible. Well, good thing we don't. Don't miss a meal, do we? Don't miss a meal. And I don't want to go over it again. It sounds, it sounds like a broken record and repeat. I'm not picking on everyone. I think the last few months I've been using my Bible on my phone. Purely because I'm yucky. I need glasses. It comes out a big print on the blue little Bible app. But. Who hasn't got. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. This isn't a condemnation, please. <laughs> who hasn't got a Bible tonight? Perhaps you left it at home. Perhaps. I know you got one, Billy Joe. <laughs> I. Perhaps she left it at home. Perhaps she was rushed. Easy mistake to make. What about if you left that at home? What if you left that at home? If I left this on the sideboard and I'm 20 miles down the road, oh, what can you do? If I leave this on the sideboard on 20 miles down the road, I don't care where I am or what I'm late for, I'm doing a U-turn and break back to go and get it. Speaking for myself. Why? And listen, it can show a bit of reality its own, doesn't it? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd um, I'm not going to mention names, I'm not, it's not condemnation, but a fellow asked me for prayer about three years ago. And I spoke to him about it, and he said, yeah. So I don't get the time, pray, I get the time to be able to pray and, 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 and spend time in prayer and understand, read God's word, study God's word. What a good, what a good <coughs> prayer. Pray that God gives me, I'll get more time. Because I don't find the time. I got put on a WhatsApp group with this person. There's loads of people on it. This one person piped up and said that he's been getting up, I don't know, I don't know if you go there that early, but he's been getting on a, on a driving range at six in the morning. <coughs> <laughs> he's getting up ridiculously early to get on a driving range at 6 in the morning and after 3 months he's got another 15 yards on his golf drive 
But he hasn't got time to read this. I don't this person wasn't a pro. This person wasn't going to be paid to play it. <laughs> I don't understand it. What's man's living? He wasn't Tiger Woods. He wasn't Tiger Woods, by the way. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't none of them. And I said, when I said, I said, well, you haven't got time for the word of God. And you're praying for it. But yet you, you ain't got to pray about getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning to be on a driving range. We have all got time for the word of God. It's priorities. We have to prioritise the word of God. That's what it is. We've all got time for the Word of God. We've all got time for prayer. We've all got time to be about God's business. It comes down to priorities. It's, you'll do what you want to do. You'll, do, you'll prioritise what you want to do. If you want to be in God's Word, you'll prioritise that over something else. Any times when you look at rubbish on the phone, not necessarily even simple things, looking at rubbish on YouTube, or just looking, scrolling other people's business on Facebook, you can spend hours doing that. Maybe you spent 10 minutes doing that. I've heard every time you say, I'll tell it myself. I, I don't really watch a lot of telly. Do you, I don't really get a chance to watch a lot of telly. Usually Becky's got some Jewish documentary on. <laughs> when I do get a chance to watch the telly, I'm going, you know what, I watched five series of a new thing, and it's absolutely rubbish. I thought it was going to get good. And they're, they're 40 minutes apiece, aren't they? That's two and that's three hours. <laughs> I've done it. I sit in front of the telly watching, a, watching some, some series that's come on the telly. And it's been absolute rubbish, absolute right me brain. And I knew it was not going to get any better, because if the, if the first two series is rubbish, the rest of it ain't really going to get no better. I've just been half that time in that. It had changed me heart, changed me life. We, pro- we need to prioritise the Word of God. Yeah, I don't want to ramble on. I don't want to... Um, Probably have done that tonight if I have, I'm sorry. <laughs> leave, give it, leave it longer for you to back down. <laughs> I can't, can't stress it enough, church. You need to be in this. You need to be in this. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be men and women of the Word. We need to be. The Word of God is for living. We hear it said all the time that sound doctrine produces godly living. Read God's word. It's a light. It's a lamp. And we need that. We need the light and the lamp of God's word. Amen. When we're, when we're, when we're witnessing the people in our own Christian life. Let's pray for it. Eh? Let's, let's spend some time with the Lord. I do thank you God Lord. I thank you Lord for our church God. Lord God and I thank you Lord for your word that you give to us Lord. We've got to pray off with brothers and with sisters my God here tonight Lord. You put us in a position with a of an open heart and an open mind to receive your word. To receive people saved, God. Pray for your brothers and sisters in this church to us be men and women of our word, of your word. Yes, my God. Bless your name, Jesus.